many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. Superhumans, I'm just absolutely beaming right now after this conversation I had with today's guest. He had me thinking on the fly, coming up with all kinds of questions, and out of curiosity, I just kept on asking and asking. The interview could have gone on for hours, but we cut it short in the interest of your listening time. As always on the Decoding Superhuman podcast, we like to have on experts to separate true from really crap and to give you bite-sized pieces of actionable information that you can use in your everyday life to become more epic, more superhuman. And today's episode, I don't think I have used the phrase audio gold as much in an episode as today. My guest is Dr. Chris Zeno. He is a world-renowned speaker, author, entrepreneur, former Mr. America, and IFBB pro bodybuilder. After defying a terminal disease in his late 20s, Dr. Zeno leveraged his experience to get his doctorate and became the owner of one of the largest wellness clinics in the world, seen thousands weekly. Dr. Zeno created the I Am Hero Project to resurrect heroes from the complacency of their secret identity so that they may live heroic lives once again by expressing true experience and true love now and in every area of their lives. He does this through his four-step methodology entitled Hero Rises. So what did we get into on the show, and why am I so excited about this? Well, some of the sound bites that you're going to hear. We talked a little bit about sort of the value of somebody looking at your blind spots. Dr. Zeno expressed a, a quotation that I love called, your life is the result of an equation that you are currently living. We talked about trusting the process until you get momentum. That was specifically in the relation to his entrepreneurial success. Dr. Zeno goes into what is a potentialist and how that's more valuable than being a perfectionist. His key secrets to a positive attitude, the ingredients to the hero's secret sauce, which I was going to borrow and may still borrow as the title for this episode. He sources really from a wealth of information, everything from System of the Down to Bruce Lee to Joe Dispenza to Jim Rohn and so many more. The show notes for this one can be found at decodingsuperhuman.com slash Zano, Z-A-I-N-O. Before we get into what is going to become an epic episode with Dr. Zano, I'm going to allude to something that we talk about in our conversation, and that is the concept of time management and really time expansion, which I believe Dr. Zeno has a program around that you may want to check out. How do I time expand or how do I manage my own time? Well, first, you know, what gets measured gets managed. And one of the things that I like to measure the most is my sleep. Why? Because sleep correlates so much to my daily performance. For those of you who have listened to the show for a while or maybe checked out the episode with Chuck Hazard, you'll know that I'm a big fan of the Aura Ring. The Aura Ring, I've had it for over a year now, and it has completely revolutionized the way I sleep and my approaches towards getting a good night's sleep. Everything from really when I have my last meal to fasting to looking at data from resting heart rate to deep sleep to REM sleep, etc. And it is probably my favorite wearable on the market at this moment. 
And the good news is, is that they come out with a new one. And the new one looks a lot more like a ring and a lot less like a Cracker Jack box toy, which I actually enjoy wearing. But you can get one right now if you go over to AuraRing.com. Use the code BOOMER. And right now, the guys from Aura are offering either $50 or 50 euros off, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, the purchase of a new ring. So go over, check it out, enjoy, and remember, managing time leads to better performance. Enjoy my episode with Dr. Zena. Dr. Zeno, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Boomer. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Everybody who's listening, I appreciate you guys, and we're going to have a great time today. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I first came across you, actually, at Health Experts Alliance almost a year ago, and I wanted to get to know Dr. Zeno a little bit better over the course of that time, so I'm really thrilled to have this conversation today. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you'll, you'll get to know it all. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start... Uh, this is one that was a particular interest of mine. How did you get into bodybuilding? Most boys growing up were guys who get into bodybuilding. You know, Arnold, was, Arnold Schwarzenegger was their inspiration or Stallone. And mine was my dad. You know, my dad had a really good build. I, my dad was my hero and I wanted to look like my dad. So, so I grew up in New York. Like all old New Yorkers do, they drive from New York to Florida and they end up in Florida. And so that, uh, so I started working out. And I responded really well. And, you know, when you're 12 and 13, we really don't have an identity. You know, like we're starting to hit that age of puberty and, you know, we start liking girls and girls start liking guys and, and people start getting clicks and judging each other. And, you know, what makes you popular, what, what doesn't make you popular. So I was kind of a quiet kid. But when I started working out and I started responding, I actually got attention. I got significance. I got uh, noticed. And, you know, you gravitate towards that because it fulfills a human need. And so then I, it, it, I developed an obsessive desire over it, right? Because it's mm -hmm. getting attention. And then, you know, that's just the pivotal years of your life of creating who you are and your identity. So between, you know, I started working at 12, 13. I did my first competition at 18. By 21, I went Mr. America. And, uh, and then the journey just continued. Okay, so 21, Mr. America, you're at the top of the world. And my understanding from your story is that it kind of took a little bit of a, a turn for an interesting moment. Do you mind just walking through the experience you had and kind of how that brought you to uh, the chiropractic world? Right, so at 21, when I went Mr. America, so in when I turned 21, a couple things happened. 21 and one, Mr. America, I graduated from the University of Central Florida with my degree in exercise physiology. Uh, so when you have that degree and that title, I worked with a lot of the Orlando Magic privately. And then I, in, in Universal Studios is in Orlando, Florida. And if you guys remember, if you're listening, remember the show Xena Warrior Princess? <laughs> so they did all the filming in New Zealand. That's what like, they did Lord of the Rings. So they do all the filming there. But a lot of the other filming they did in Universal Studios, Florida, and that was the first time you really needed to have this gladiator look before the movie 300. And so I was the trainer for most of the uh, celebrities or actors there to really get that, that gladiator style look. Uh, and so I had a great career. It was awesome. That's awesome. You know, at 26, though, you know, when I married my wife, that's when uh, one of the greatest unknowns and teachers happened in my life. I'm married six months into a marriage. All of a sudden, I just thought I had a stomach bug. I found myself weeks later bleeding 
going to the bathroom 13, 15, 16 times a day. And I don't know what the hell is going on. And uh, when I researched blood and stool, you know, the first thing they come up is cancer. So I played Google doctor, right? That's the wrong thing to do. Oh, the old WebMD trick, right? Horrible. And then, um, you know, but what am I going to do, right? So at that point, when I believed health was really genetic, right? So this is my genes, the cards I'm given will determine, like I didn't even really know anything about epigenetics or that, you know, we do have kind of control over our environment. And because uh, I thought, you know, my dad died of cancer when I was 21 as well. And my grandfather I never met. So I was like, well, it's in the, it's in the male side of the family. So you started thinking, but at 26, and I didn't say anything. I got worse and worse. And the day my wife found out was the day I was at a TJ Maxx. And I used to go into a building and anywhere I went, I would either not eat because things would go through me or I would find the bathroom because I always had to go to the bathroom. And the bathrooms were under construction. And a guy told me to go outside to a sports authority next door and I never made it. As I got the anxiety of trying to leave, probably in a group of 40 people around me, I lost my bowels in public. Now, it's one thing to lose your bowels, but when you lose your bowels and it's bloody diarrhea and mucus, you can't hide it. You know, I mean, you could crap your pants like a baby and you could kind of like get away with it. Maybe people would see, but when you see blood, I mean, it's blood, it's soaking through your jeans. And so people were horrified because no one's, no one's seen that. They don't know what the hell they're looking at. It's, it was that moment where I was so like, oh my God, this is rock bottom for me. Because, because when we're going through a condition or we're having anything in our life, financially, relationship-wise, health or business, it's, we adapt to the process, we accustom to it, but it gets to the point where you realize, wow, I'm really off the mark. And so I ran out of there to the loading dock, called my wife, and that was the day I was diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. And um, they started me on a ton of drugs that didn't work. I got addicted to Xanax and Valium. I, the drugs were so harsh on my body, it gave me hepatitis. It was brutal, man. So, and I, got, I went from 230 pounds down to 158 pounds in about three months. Wow. So, so if you don't mind just explaining, uh, for people who don't understand what ulcerative chloritis is, do you mind just giving a high-level overview of that? Absolutely. So ulcerative colitis is an autoimmune disease, an incurable autoimmune disease, they said, where imagine this, your immune system is attacking your own body tissue. So it was attacking me from the inside out. Rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune disease, your immune system attacks the joint and the synovial uh, components of the joint. So just think, my body's attacking me from the inside out. And they gave me prednisone and all these other drugs. So all the drugs they give you, like prednisone, is to do what? To lower your immune system. Because medicine saw that if I have an autoimmune disease, if we lower your immune system, it makes your immune system weak so it can't fight itself, but it's not getting to the cause of it. And so then that didn't work. I found myself on a low-dose chemotherapy, interferon shots for the hepatitis, Remicade infusions for the autoimmune disease, and I was giving three different organ rejection medications. So God forbid you ever had an organ transplant as soon as another organ from somebody else is placed in your body, your body would reject it immediately. Mm -hmm. And so when you're given an organ rejection medication, it, it actually shuts your immune system down to the level of the DNA. And I was on three of those. So nothing's working. Now my only option at this point was now surgery. And they set me up for surgery in a week and a half to take out my entire colon. I would have a gapping hole out of the right side of my abdomen that would have a colostomy bag attached to it. And they said, it's gonna break, it's gonna leak, it's gonna get infected, you'll have multiple surgeries. 
I'd be on $6,000 worth of medication for the rest of my life. They told me I was sterile from all the medication. They said I had an 80% chance of cancer, regardless if I had a surgery or not. And they didn't even know how long I'd be in ICU because if you take out your colon and you're immunocompromised, there's almost a guarantee that you're going to have some type of infection. Mm -hmm. And that was the only choice I was given, the only choice that the doctors knew to do. And uh, they set me up for that for a, a week and a half to get that surgery done. Wow. Uh, that takes a moment to digest there. That's, um, that's pretty crazy. So I guess, Dr. Zeno, how do you unpack this? So you're sitting there, you're about a week and a half away, I think you said, from this surgery. And I mean, obviously now you're not 150 pounds. Uh, how did you start unpacking this yourself? You know, if you guys are listening to this and, you know, I'm telling you about a health experience I had, but if you're listening to this and you might be going through your own issue financially or in a relationship or in your health or maybe in your business. And I, and I wish I could tell you it was, it was uh, easy, but I wish I could tell you I was positive and I was disciplined. No, I was scared just like anybody else would be. I, I, I lost hope. I was uh, mad. I was angry. My whole identity was stripped from me. Remember we talked about when I was 12 years old, I started working out, getting attention. Everything I worried, everything was gone. My whole identity was gone. And I ate right. I exercised. Like, I didn't eat fast food every morning, and they're doing fine. I didn't smoke, and they're doing fine. And I was really frustrated. And, you know, I, I just definitely wanted to make sure I did whatever I had to do just so I could say I did it, right? If they told me to take 12 pills a day, I would take 12 pills a day. And then I went home to see my mom. And my mom already lost my dad. My mom lost two, two sons, a heroin overdose and a freak accident. So this is her third son. And she sends out the emails. And then my anatomy teacher from 10th grade said he wanted to see me when I went into town because he saw one of the emails. And so when I went into town and I saw my anatomy teacher, because I want you to go see my doctor, he's a car to care chiropractor, will change your life. And it was insulting to me because I was like, you know, I had no, like, there was no way a chiropractor, like I, I went to the best in the world, billion dollar facility. Uh, my experience with chiropractic was someone who taped my ankles or stretched my hamstrings out. So I knew, I, I appreciated that he cared for me to try to help me, but I'm like, dude, I've tried it all. I appreciate it. And if you're listening right now and you're going through a tough time, always pay atten attention to what someone says, a line in a movie, a line in a song, a book you read because you never know there might just be a phrase that you've seen a hundred times but in that moment when you're asking for an answer it might just shift your perspective and change your life so when I asked when I told him I tried it all he said you didn't try it all because if you tried it all you would have had your health and it was so simple but it woke me up to the fact that I had slowly become hopeless and slowly became a victim and it's like a disease we don't even realize we're there until you wake up. And I'm like, oh my God, he's right. So I went to go see his chiropractor and he taught me stuff we all know. Like, I wish I could tell you something was like mind blowing. No, it's like your brain controls everything. Yes, your brain uses your nervous system to communicate to the organs. Yes. Anything interfering with that, it's going to shut down the information. Makes sense. And so he, the doctor showed me a blind spot I didn't know I had. So when they took pictures of my spine, my lower spine was really damaged. Wow. So all those nerve roots go to my digestive systems. And this bone right here called your atlas, it actually, that's the area Christopher Reeve damage. There was 50% pressure on my brainstem right here. And that controlled your immune system and all the, you know, the, the, the symphony of the body. So he showed me a blind spot. So now again, 
I'm trying to distill life principles that you could apply to your life today so you don't have to go through what I'm going through. But a lot of times if something's not working out in your life, your relationships, your finances, your business, or your health, instead of becoming a victim, understand that there might be blind spots so you don't realize. So this is why it's so important to have a mentor, a coach, or someone that you could trust from an outside perspective to see the blind spots you may not be able to see. So he showed me my blind spots and uh, I saw it, but here's the thing. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Is this another false hope? And the way he answered my next question was the reason why I chose that route versus doing the surgery. I said, so when am I gonna get better? Because that's the question we all want. If we're in a place we don't wanna be, we just wanna be out of it. And as as much as he could have felt bad for me, and as much as I was whining and a victim, he's like, listen, as long as you have that problem still there, that blind spot, your body is unable to be able to be in the bottom to heal itself. And he goes, but when you choose to correct your problem that you have that's affecting your life, then your body will be in the environment to be able to heal itself as it always did. And he goes, but the day and the hour you're asking me, he's like, that's, that's not up to me because that's up to you. And that's up to you and your body. He's like, but I will tell you, you will get better if you don't quit on yourself, no matter how long it takes. And it was rumor. It was such a honest, true answer. And he was the only doctor that pointed in my face and threw all the responsibility on me. The doctor's like, the medical doctor, once we give you this drug or that drug or this procedure, that procedure. No, that doctor was like, dude, this is your problem. And you need to own up and do what you need to do to do it. And I had the choice. I could have just shrunk or I could have stepped up to it and say, you know what? I got to take responsibility. And I sure as hell did. I definitely did. So how long did it take you from that moment? Because it... By the way, Dr. Zeno, this is audio gold, like writing this down, blind spots, that's key for people to recognize and the value of coaching and everything. Audio gold. But in terms of just that moment where you recognize and you take sort of extreme ownership in your own situation, from that moment to when did it take to really rid yourself of this condition? Well, that's a thing too. I wish I could tell you it was a week later and I was great. Um, no, you know, so we have to remember that whatever state you're listening right now, whatever, whatever is going on in your life, good things and things that you don't desire, you don't, or you don't want it to be there. Understand that it is a result of a recipe or an equation you've been living, whether you know about it or not. Like you literally did things knowingly or unknowingly, they got you here. So if you continue to live the same recipe, you're going to just get the same result. So the variables have to change. So I changed the variable. But when you change the variable, another variable in that equation is time. It took us, it took us time to get into financial hardship, time to have a, have a relationship on the rocks, time to lose our health, time to not uh, have a business that's not doing well. So we have to understand that concept of time. So I'm fixing the problem. But what was really very difficult, Boomer, and anybody listening, is you could start fixing the problem, but it's very tough to see the manifestation of what you don't want in your face on a daily basis. So for me, I'm getting the problem corrected, but I still see blood mm-hmm. every day in the toilet bowl. And it's because it's you're seeing what you don't want to see. Like you're seeing what is, but now you're hoping maybe this will work. So it's so important to trust the process until you get something called momentum. So for me, it, I mean, Three weeks, five weeks, three months later, still bleeding. I mean, crap. 
and then at three months, I'm off half my medication. Okay, to me, that's a little bit of momentum. At five months, I'm off all my medication. Okay, great, more momentum, but the blood's coming down a little bit, I'm sustaining weight, right? So when I started to see a little bit of, so in the beginning, understand that you're not gonna see any momentum. So that's why you have to commit, destroy other options, no exit strategy until you see momentum. Once I got momentum, I didn't need faith anymore, right? Because I knew I made the right decision, but, the, but seven months total, so seven months later, Seven months later, it wasn't total, but seven months was at least the time where the blood had stopped and my body had definitely cured itself of an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. And that was about 15 years ago. Wow. This is, this is great, Dr. Zeno. I think, look, the trust the process that part and really the, the momentum that you mentioned is, is really hard to see sometimes. And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur... Uh, and I want to transition into this because you've had quite a lot of success in in this field. As an entrepreneur, oftentimes there's what is referred to as the roller coaster, right? And sometimes it's it's very hard to trust that process. But you've been fairly successful in your own entrepreneurial journey as a chiropractor and what you're doing now. What would you attribute that to on really the day to day? Well, it, it, there's definitely a, a, a hero secret sauce to it, for sure. Meaning that, you know, whether it be when I won concert pianos when I was a little kid or won Mr. America or Mr. Universe or beat a life-threatening disease and or, you know, building my own hero. Part. Like, there, there's definite principles that anybody could apply that really become like these secret characteristics that really make it possible. So one of the things definitely was that words don't teach, experience does, right? So I never, I embrace the unknown, meaning that, guys, I never, ever, ever planned on being a chiropractor at all. Didn't, wasn't even on a radar. But here's the thing, I went to an unknown. Like, I don't even call it a disease I had. I had a health experience. And this health experience took me on this unknown journey. And in the micro, it was so crappy. It sucked. And... But through that experience, getting my health back, during that experience, number one is I realized that two things. I realized what I didn't want in that contrast. Like I knew that I am sick and I do not want to be sick because it sucks. But when I realized, when you realize what you don't want, it also clarifies what you do want. So a lot of times in life, when we're going through a rough situation, we focus on the part that we don't want, but you're failing to realize that that experience is giving you so much clarity on what you really do want. Because a lot of people say, well, I don't know what I want in my life. Well, like, guess what? When I was sick, what did I want in my life? I wanted to go to the bathroom normal. I wanted amazing health. I mean, you see what I mean? So this is why like, it becomes such a, uh, an amazing thing. So when I got through that experience, I had an experience of getting my health back. And chiropractic had done that for me. So I went back to school and you know, went, got my graduate and doctorate in there opened up my practice in 2005 and through using my conviction and my experience, it wasn't, it wasn't using uh, a lot of research and all these big PowerPoints. It was using like how I'm talking to you now, my experience. I'm a real person. These are the emotions that I had going through this. I might've been Mr. America, but I was scared. I was fearful. I wasn't born with a positive attitude and discipline. And just to show like I'm like anybody else, but because of the choices I made, you know, I'm able to have everything I do have today. And so just by telling my experience, 
we built one of the largest clinics in the history of profession, meaning, to put in perspective, our office peaked at around 2,800 people per week, meaning the average office sees 100. So we 28X'd what the average office does. We were all cash, we didn't take insurance, and uh, you know, we, were, we were a two to three million dollar practice for over 10 years straight, and uh, in, out of one location, with very few moves. Like I knew, I, I knew with success, I knew my moves, meaning that you, you gotta know your moves, and I knew my moves. So instead of like that, that analogy, like my son does karate, like instead of knowing 10,000 moves, you know, it's best to know one move, but you practice it 10,000 times. So I was really like 16 miles deep on, a, on these few things that I really enjoyed and I, and I knew really worked. And instead of adding more, I just actually got really good at the things that uh, I was best at. And it was almost like that 80-20 rule, and we uh, predictably exploded. It, it was like almost like I could turn up the volume, turn down the volume. It uh, became very predictable, like tuning a violin. It really was uh, an amazing process that I learned. All right, the hero's secret sauce. If I can just boil this down, pardon the pun, to, okay, words don't teach, experience does. I have a question on this but also your conviction to do what you did. And then third, just getting very specific and focusing on those key moves. Is there anything else that you would consider sort of the ingredients in this, the hero's secret sauce? And, and I'll actually, we, even if we don't get through it all, I'll actually give uh, everybody a, uh, an opportunity to get all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually, you know, I got a gift for you guys that, that goes through all that. Let me name, actually, what's going to be really relevant right now. I'm feeling this just in the moment. It is part of it. And this is the reason why I'm going on this one. And I think everybody listening will, will get to the, will, will feel this. A hero is not a perfectionist. A hero is a potentialist. And let me explain that. A, a perfectionist, I used to say I was a perfectionist. What it means is I had to make sure that everything was right before I would almost self-righteously claim myself as a perfectionist, thinking that I was like something great. But what I realized is that I would say I was a perfectionist just as a way to, to mask my disguise of procrastination and not having to move forward. I would ask the questions and I would make sure everything's first. So I realized that, you know, hiding, hiding behind perfectionism was really fear and insecurity. And I turned, I, I turned to coin, I, I coined a term called uh, a potentialist. Now, what is a potentialist? A potentialist is this, a person who wakes up and their only goal for the day is this, I gotta do the best I can with what I got in the moment I got it. And so what a potentialist means is this, Boomer, if I wake up today and you know, not everybody has good days. In fact, I think more of us have like less than best days, right? Um, but let's say the best I could give today is 60%. If I do the best I can with what I got in the moment I have it, if I give 60% today and the best I had was 60%, that's 100% debt. Mm -hmm. Things don't have to be perfect. Like, I just think of like if there was a fire, imagine a firefighter and let's say breaking through a, a burning building and there's a child on the other side of a fire, but when he broke through the door, he dislocated his shoulder. Now that firefighter is not thinking, well, I only got one good shoulder, like time is ticking by. So even though he only has one arm now that he could use, all these, he's like, I'm just going to do the best I can with what I got. And that's going to ultimately save that person's life. That's going to ultimately save his life. Because if we just sit there and we focus on what's not perfect, 
nothing ever ever gets done there's a lot that resonates there with me because i'm uh, i'm what i call a recovering perfectionist so <laughs> the fear and insecurity thing i i admittedly hide behind that uh, uh, quite a bit the perfectionism disguise so hell i'm i'm learning a lot right here and right now dr zana this is appreciated so a thing that comes with success is uh, demand on your time and you're extremely generous with your time and a lot of the people listening are very time constrained or at least perceive that their lives are very time constrained you have remarkably despite having tw- was it 2800 visits a week yeah and yeah have been able to keep very very healthy throughout all of this how do you do that? And if you don't mind just sort of walking through maybe your day and just so that you can see how you'd live the healthy life on a time constraint. Well, you know, uh, the time management principle of time management and all these books, and it sounds good. It's a very failing model. So I coined a term time expansion because we can't make more time. Everybody knows that. In fact, time is your greatest commodity. Money's not. You can make more money, you can't make more time. So knowing that, when my business grew, like it was a great problem to have. As my business grew and you start hitting these ceilings, you start to, you're forced to see and become more efficient. You're forced to see things differently. And I actually started thinking in seconds. You know, uh, I, I was watching Jerry Seinfeld, his car, comedian cars, and he's like, you know, comedians think in minutes. And I loved hearing that because he's such a perfectionist. It was him and Jerry Lewis. And they're like, we think in minutes because and I was like, I get it. Like I think in seconds because whether it be, Hey, I, I walk six steps around that table. Um, I, I could do it a different way that only uses three steps. So I became efficient, so efficient. So I expanded time delegation, sticking to what's in my lane. And I really created this time expansion protocol. And so time expansion was a huge, huge part of it. Another thing, Boomer, is this, like if you say like, you know, my health or I'm very, you know, generous with my time or I make time, uh, I call it, uh, how old are you, Boomer, if you don't mind me asking? 32. Good. So you'll remember this song. Do you remember that song from System of a Downs called Chop Suey? Yes, of course. But you wanted to, right? I, I have, I answered one of the greatest questions in life because my office is next to a Starbucks. Now, follow this, guys. Seven in the morning, there is a line of cars into the street loaded with people who say they don't have the time for this, this, or that. They don't have the money for this, this, and that. So I'm sitting there going, all these people, they woke up early. Like they literally woke up a half hour early to sit in line for 25 or 30 minutes. They come into this line to pay a crap load of money where we know we can actually get the little exact Starbucks coffee, put it in our coffee machine at home, and it actually turns on by itself. So I'm just trying to think, like, why are they in this line? Why are they spending money to be here in this line and wait and have to wake up early when they they could just do it at home for pennies, save that time, and as complex and psychological as I try to figure it out, it all came down to the simplest reason why, because they wanted to, you know, (laughs) wake up, Put on your makeup because you wanted to, right? It's like you wanted to. And I'm not saying that it like there's no judgment, there's no right or wrong, good or evil here. It's like we do things in our life because we want to. I spend money in things, people spend money on things that they can't afford because they wanted to. People uh, have a, a marriage that isn't really great 
because they didn't really want a great marriage, right? Because, you know, a flower is easy to buy. It's not expensive. But I'm just trying to say, it's like, when you realize that my life or my health or where I put my time, I put it where I want it to be with no guilt or shame. So if you want to watch House of Cards, if you want to, like, not go to the gym, like, I'm, there's no judgment at all coming from me. But I'm trying to get to this. When you become, when you could stop uh, speaking success 101 answers like don't tell me god and family are your number one priorities like 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 just be honest with yourself and say you know what my body looks like this because i wanted to or you know i i, I eat well because i want like when you because this is all about you when you when you could become self-aware it's so important i'm doing this for you not anybody else when you could say you know what i make the decisions i make because i want to and i'm okay with it and i'm and i don't care what anybody else thinks so when it comes to my time to be with you guys I want to. I'll always make time. You know why? Selfishly, selfishly, this is my oxygen. Like, if you guys are listening and you think I'm giving you great value, and Boomer, if you appreciate you being on the sh- me on the show, you have to understand something. Selfishly, this is what I love to do. I greatly find when I'm doing an interview with you guys and I'm in my lane, I'm able to express and experience true love and appreciation unconditionally in the present time. And that, to me, makes me feel like I came out of the water for a breath of oxygen. And it is a greater blessing to me to work in my lane and in my zone than out of it. So my lane and my zone is my drug. And so I will do whatever it takes to be in my lane and my zone. So as much value as you, as you guys get, you have no idea that you gave me an opportunity to breathe, to get oxygen, to be in my calling. And so I put my time and I give my, my energy and my life and I put time to things that I want to do. And that's when it comes to time, like, why do I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to get on a treadmill? Because I want to lose body fat. You know, I, I want to look good. I want to feel good. Like you probably seen. So it all comes down and we just do the things we do because we want to. I, I'm smiling because it all, I mean, it's completely rational and it just... Yeah. It explains everything so well, and you did it with a system of a down song, which is on my playlist right now. Boomer, boomer, here's the thing. But you understand how freeing what I just said is. It's like when when I tell you guys, and hopefully you really you you you're listening when I say it's without judgment. There's no right or wrong. Meaning, like when I could sit back and be like, you know what? I'm not going to tell Boomer my health's my priority. It's like, hey, dude, I want to sleep in. I don't want to go to the gym and be okay with it. Like I think when we're okay and we don't even judge our actions, because I think too many people, we want to say the right things because it sounds good to others in society, but we're like saying one thing because it sounds good, but it's not really what we really believe. Mm-hmm. And we're not being honest with ourselves or others versus saying, Hey, I don't feel like, uh, Hey, I love carbs and I really don't feel like uh, eating keto or I don't really feel like, I like the feeling of, of food and comfort, and I just I don't want to uh, dedicate and commit myself to eating well. And I'm here's the thing, and I'm okay with that. So I, I want everybody to whatever you do. There's no justification, like to anybody else, and say, hey, it's because I want to, and I'm okay with that. Because when you could come to self awareness and you're okay with it, then you're empowered to say, and when I choose to start eating better. I'll choose to do it and I'll be okay with that too. So it, it really is a very empowering way to not lie to yourself and uh, know that you have total control. 
uh, for creating that life. It's very powerful, actually. And very, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about as you say these things, I'm thinking about specific situations in my own life and it's my choice, right? And that's, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> there you go. And I'm okay with it. And I don't, and you know what? If you like it or not, I'm creating my own life. Like no one could create my life for me. You know, no, like I'm creating my own life experience. And, you know, uh, and sometimes people need a, 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 what I call an act of health terrorism. And instead of saying, I told you so, maybe that disease causes uh, an experience in that person's life that uh, makes them even a greater human being. Like I, we, we cannot judge. We, we have to see that all things happen for our good. And it's all part of the, all part of the journey. So Dr. Zeno, I want to get into the I Am Hero project, but first, before we do that, there's two questions I want to ask you. Uh, something that came up earlier when we were talking about the hero's secret sauce was uh, words don't really teach, experience does. That can be a very painful thing for people. Any recommendations on sort of how to, I hate the word hack because I think it's overused, but how to sort of uh, get past that a little faster? Well, I think um, uh, Bruce Lee had a great quote and he said, absorb what is useful, discard what is not, and then make it uniquely your own. So I think pay attention to things. I think surround yourself with great podcasts or great wisdom. I think wisdom inside and understanding is wonderful. I always bathe myself in that or brainwash myself with that in a good way. And I think when you listen to really successful people or people who have done great things in life, some of their wisdom wears off on you or you might stick it in the back of your head and you come to, uh, and, and for simpler terms, when you come up to the hot stove, you might be saying, well, Tim Ferriss did say he's touched the stove and it burnt his hand. Like, you know what I mean? It might come back where like, and maybe you might avoid it. Or maybe like my youngest son, he's like, well, I got to figure it out for myself. So I really think though, podcasts are amazing because I could literally surround myself with the most successful, brilliant, inspired, experiential people in history and uh, that are right in my ear. And I could learn little things. And even though words don't teach, Maybe I can learn something from their stories just to give me a heads up. Mm -hmm. I think it gives you an awareness. So that's the hack is awareness. So when you're on that situation, you might recall, hey, I remember when so-and-so was talking about this and they, and it might give you an option. It might give you a little bit more clarity on, because what happens is we made a decision or a choice. And a lot of times if we don't know, we might make a choice that we have to learn a little bit tougher on, like touching the stove. But maybe when you hear it, other people's experiences, it gives you a couple extra choices on which way to make that decision. So I think like surround yourself with podcasts, books, wisdom, insight, understanding, that is your hack. It just, and you start to see the common thread. You start to see, you know, wow, you know, there's every, you start to see this, for instance, hmm, everybody has a morning routine. What? Okay. I wonder why, right? So maybe I'll try it out. You follow what I'm saying? Like you start to see these common threads and then you actually give your, you give yourself the experience to learn to see what you're not. This is exactly how I got into meditation and some of the things that you mentioned in terms of morning routines. One more question before we get into the I Am Hero project. You mentioned that as a young individual, you didn't always have a positive attitude. When I see you now and the few times that we've met, you're always very positive. What 
do you do? And, and I'm asking this more out of curiosity because it's something that I kind of have to deal with every day is sort of what do you do to sort of bring yourself to that positive attitude? You've mentioned a few things like staying in your own lane, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would love to hear your advice on how to get that positive attitude. Well, I, I fill the well up in the morning. You know, that's my thing. I, I prepave the day and I fill the well up because I know after the morning I'm pouring out, right? So if my well is empty, when my well goes dry and empty, I get insecure. I get scarcity. I get depressed. I get down because I'm, I'm out. So my morning rit- ritual is, you know, I wake up, I do a little bit of exercise, listen to my podcast or the things I, I'm, I'm doing. To, I'm filling up the well. It's, I take care of me first. Jim Rohn had a great quote. He goes, you take care of you for me and I'll take care of me for you. So I, I become, I actually become very selfish to become unselfish, knowing that the greatest version of me, the best authentic version of me, I take care of me. I could give the greatest of me to everybody else and everybody benefits. So it could be morning exercise, the things I read. I do meditation. I do, I do Joe Dispenza's stuff. Um, every morning he has med- meditations guided. They run from 24 minutes to an hour and 20 minutes. So I do those and he's really great. So Joe Dispenza, the reason why I use him boomer is because he demystifies meditation for people that think it's a little wacky. He, he, you know, he combines, you know, science. So it makes it a little bit more, but it, it's definitely useful. It, it gets me aligned with who I am. Right after I meditate, I take out my vision journal and I write down my vision, not my goals, my vision. I write down my intentions for the day. I write down the superheroes that would make an impact in my life. I write the people I would love to mastermind with. And I really have fun like a kid and write that stuff down. I do it every morning, every night to keep my vision in front of me because then when it's in front of me, the whole entire day, I'm, I'm seeing everything is lining up for that long-term, long-term vision. And I'm ready for that. I, I ate a good, healthy breakfast. And when I took care of me, now the, the well is filled. I'm where I need to be. And, I, and I, I'm able to now, if a situation comes into my life, I'm able to see this contrast. I mean, like, okay, I don't like the way this feels. What can I learn from this? What do I want? What do I don't want? Like, you know, I actually take it as learning experiences versus when my well is empty, I just see it as drama and like circumstance. And so that whole morning for me, my morning routine fills up the well so I could go out and then pour it out to everybody else. And when I do things like this, like you and I are doing, it instantaneously fills my well back up. So I I do about 10 of these interviews or 12 a week because it's, why wouldn't I like, like right now, boomer. And this, I want everybody to listen. Like when, when you're listening, like right now I'm sweating. So I just want to tell us like when you're in your lane or in your zone or in your heroic purpose, it's like, there's clearly something chemically and chemi- there's my chemistry is in a, in, in a good place. Like my immune system's high right now. I'm sweating. My metabolism is on. It's like, there's something physiologically spirit that like, there's something about when you're in your lane or you're in your zone or in your bliss that, it is, I mean, like, there's no depression right now. There's no insecurity. There's no, there's only love. There's only appreciation. There's, there's no scarcity. There's no future. There's no past. It's only present. It's like you start to yearn to always be there as, as much as possible. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So, Dr. Zaina, do you mind going into the I Am Hero Project? Because that was how I came across you at Health Experts Alliance. And then I, I have a, a debt of gratitude to pay f- 
to you for something that you released recently. But for the I Am Hero project, I would love to hear, or at least have the audience hear what you are, are planning with that. So imagine uh, you hear, I'm 41 now, so I was 36 years old, and I find myself, you know, I have this great story, I beat this life-threatening disease, I, I have this amazing practice. And just so you guys have to understand the whole story, 16 years later, you know, we're 15, you know, like after this whole thing, you know, I have a, I'm married, you know, I, I'm, I have a healthy wife, I have two beautiful boys I was told I would never would have, Justice and Titus. I have this booming practice, financial security, all the time to do whatever we want to work in the world, debt-free, built our house, got a Lamborghini in the car, like checked off all the boxes. Because I thought life was about checking off the boxes. We're told that, right? Hey, listen, grow up, check off these boxes, and you'll be successful. We were taught some way, movies, media, whatever. So I checked off all the boxes, and I felt myself depressed, numb, burnt out. And it was a conversation I really couldn't have with anybody. Because I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I like, so I had this stuff going on. I know what it was. And then my son, Justice, realized, like, I, I hit it really well. And my son, Justice, one day goes uh, to his mom in the other room. He goes, hey, mommy, he goes, what happened to daddy? And he did it in a way, Boomer, that he was like, that ain't the hero that I was raised with. That ain't the doctor who saved lives. That's like, you know, like he saw something was dying inside me. So I actually reclused for a couple days and I questioned my why. I questioned my purpose. And the reason we are I was talking about like, don't BS yourself. Don't do your success one-on-one answers. I had to get, that was the time I got through mine. Like, why do I do what I want to do? Well, I want to help people. Heart was still, yeah, you know, that wasn't it. I want to see people read their potential. That's nice, but that wasn't it. And it finally came out of me. If I was super raw, I was like, I just want to be admired for achieving great things and doing something in the world and contributing in a way it's never seen before. And it felt so right. It felt so good. And I looked up the definitions on my phone of admired, contribution, achievement. And I saw the definition of hero. And the definition of hero was one who is idolized or admired for courage, contribution, outrageous achievement, nobility. I was like, holy crap, that's like a purpose statement. I was like, I got so excited like a kid. And I was awoken to the fact that that was the theme my entire life. It was our theme our entire life. Every woman and male, like when we were kids, we played. We were little heroes. We had imaginations. I, I worked out to look like a hero and winning my titles to have superhero titles, beating a life-threatening disease, becoming a doctor to go save lives. And here's where it was for me. So I had the contribution to society and I had the achievements. But the one thing in the definition that I didn't have was I didn't have the courage to allow myself to truly become and be all I was truly created to be because I had taken on a secret identity. So I found my identity and what I did as a job, as the doctor. So for me to make this, this extend my reach outside the health and wellness field or lane, it meant me leaving that lane. And if I, if I left my lane, it meant I lost my security and my identity. So I shrunk and I mourned and I stayed in this unfulfilling zone and the feelings I was having. So if you're listening right now, when you feel numb or depressed or you, you feel burnt out, what if I told you that you're not really numb, depressed, burnt out, or disengaged, or tired, or lazy? You're really grieving your potential. You know, there's part of you on the inside that's it's time to evolve and expand, and that's what you're feeling. And you know, when I told you you're grieving your potential right now, if, if I'm talking to you, you felt it, and I just literally put a definition to all the stuff you've been feeling for months or years. And you're like, Oh my God, that's it. I'm grieving who I really am. And so I started the I am hero project 
It's, I took myself through it first. It's a four-step methodology called Hero Rising. I do that in helping people all across the world. You know, we have found people have the courage today by, finding, uh, by, by pursuing careers according to their true purpose. They're living lives that they want to, not that they have to. They have the courage to heal and restore their families. And when you have courage, when you have this new courage now, remember, I talked about it gives you new, new energy, new health. It gives you excitement to be able to go out and pursue the life of your dreams because you gave yourself the permission to embrace the hero you always created to be. On the the hero rising four-step process, do you mind sharing a little bit about what that is? And then I have a comment about your one month to win program that I've enjoyed quite a bit. So the first step is embracing the hero mindset. First of all, a lot of times we don't know we're living in a secret identity. That's the tough part. Because why? A secret identity, less than watered down version of our truth. It's through teachers and preachers and dogmas and society and media. We were trained to live out the values of other people. So we put on this false suit to conform and fit in. And you wear that false suit for so long, you look in the mirror, you don't even know who you are anymore because you're really everybody else's opinions. And so when you wake up to say, wow, I am living a secret identity and you're able to embrace the hero mindset, who you truly are. And then from there, you're able now to now maximize your superpowers. So your superpowers are the things that when you do them, you, it's like breathing oxygen for the first time. So we know what those things are and everybody knows what they are. And you, I have a process I take you through. And then you choose your vehicle of influence. So everybody has a vehicle of influence. Mine is speaking and mine is video. Boomer, you're great on radio and video. So everybody, some people are great on writing. So you find what is the vehicle that I get my message and I'm able to communicate my, my soul to the world and you, you're able to get that out to the world. And then there's different people that consume it. And then finally, though, here's the big point. The problem with personal development, there's two problems. Number one, personal development tells you you're lacking something and you need something. I'm here to tell you that it's not about you don't need anything. It's about remembering who you were. So it's remembering. And number two, personal development gets you excited. And you know now maybe what you want to do with your life, but I help you now monetize your message for the survival of your legacy. So let's say it's like, oh my God, I love this. I, I like when I do this, I'm in my zone. I'm in my bliss. I'm like, so how would you like to now be able to do that for a living? And people would be like, I, I would do. What happens is when you when you find your lane, when you find your heroic purpose, you automatically will outwork everybody and not realize it because like you're connected with the universe. Like you are literally flowing in the state that moves the world around. So you want to be there as much as you can. So now how can we do that and monetize it? And that's where I take you through on how to be able to monetize it. But a lot of times we, we have tough, trouble doing that because of what I call fears and fogs. I love this, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to do a website. I don't know how to start a podcast. I don't know how to do big. So we start saying all the things we can't do, our fears and fogs. But I show you how to say that, well, Here's the fears and fogs. If we could work with other superheroes or learn the skills to get rid of those fears and fogs, now nothing's stopping our way from doing what we love to do and monetizing it and having the life really of your dreams. You can have it all. Fears and fogs. I'll take that one away as well. All right, Dr. Zeno, I have three final questions, which I ask everybody. What's your biggest health pet peeve, if you don't mind me asking? People have been distracted and lied that health is how you look or how you feel. And the problem with that is if you just base your health on how you look, how you feel, you don't feel cancer until it's too late and you don't feel heart disease until it's too late. 
And here's the thing, and that's the only reason why they're the top two disease killers, period. There's no other reason. No one figured out that the only reason why they're the top two disease killers because you don't even know they're there. So if we were to teach people, it's, health is how you're functioning on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not about reacting to disease. It's about always maintaining well-being is the natural state of the body, not disease, you know, not, not uh, fighting disease, well-being. So that whole myth that health is how you look, how you feel is the number one reason why people are so sick. Because then they just mask it when they don't feel it, you know? So they just take a drug to mask it, so. As someone who is diagnosed with one of those diseases at a very young age, I, I can relate to that because everything I did through my 20s was, how do I look, how do I feel? And then 30 came and I got a little bit of a surprise. But uh, next question, what's your top trick for enhancing your focus? My top trick for enhancing my focus is it's really, it's holistically taking care of myself, meaning, watch this guy. So when I, when I exercise, when I have my exercise routine, you know, people don't know that motion of every joint in the body, especially the spine, is an essential nutrient to the brain. It's almost like a generator. It's like a windmill to the brain. So it fires off and stimulates the brain. So when I'm moving correctly, when I'm eating correctly, meaning that I'm eating wholesome foods, live real foods, not processed foods, when I combine those things together and I'm taking care of myself in the morning, I'm at my A game. I'm thinking clearly, right? So when I, when I notice that as I take care of my body, I'm able to be clear, be focused, be present. And just at the opposite, if I eat a bunch of junk or a lot of wheat or dairy and I didn't wake up in the morning and exercise, I almost, I'm in like a hangover five because I'm not, I'm not functioning what I call my A game. So focus is directly uh, the the body, for me, the body is one of the most important um, determinations of how clear you're able to think and focus, 100%. Final question is, what's your favorite book on peak performance? I think um, a really good book that, if you're listening right now, it's a good transition step to see how the little things mean a lot, is Darren Hardy's Compound Effect. Okay. I, I love Darren. And his compound effect is so great because it shows you it's the little mundane, unsexy things you do on a daily basis that really create success. But it's also the little errors in judgment that you think you're getting away with on a daily basis lead to accumulated disaster. It's almost that if you're 1% off course going from LA to New York, right, or, or, or to the moon. So it shows you that it's like the smoker, right? If I smoke, start smoking today. And I'm not, if you guys smoke, I'm not judging at all, but I just, I'm proving a point. If I started smoking today, am I going to be alive tomorrow? Yep. How about a week from now? Yep. But in 10 years when I'm coughing and my lungs are scarred and my skin's all dry and I, I have pre-emphysema and I go, boomer, what the hell happened? And you're going to be like, dude, you've been smoking for 10 years. So on a daily basis, it really doesn't look like I just missed a workout. I just had a little bit of sugar. I just did it. Like we think... I missed my morning routine. I didn't read my book. I didn't get that flower for my, my relationship. Like on, that, on, a, on a daily level, doesn't seem like a big deal. But man, it will compound over time and you will find yourself either in bliss or in a place you never thought you would ever end up. It's a great place to, to leave off. But before we do, Dr. Zaino, I want to thank you for your program One Month to Win because it sound, I've 
taken a look at it and I'm not all the way through it yet, but it spoke to me very well because I think there's a lot to be said about today's society giving trophies for sixth and seventh place. There's a clear message from you that discipline does lead to great outcomes. And I really appreciated that. So thank you for all the work that you're doing there and everything you do with the I Am Hero Project. Thank you, man. That means the world to me. And uh, for the guys listening, if you want, uh, I got a, a gift for you guys because we started talking about the Hero Secret Sauce. Um, if you go to IamHero.com forward slash secret, just the singular secret, IamHero.com forward slash secret, um, you could get, I made an entire six video masterclass on the Hero Secret Sauce. So you get PDFs and videos and that's all my gift to you. And uh, just, just check that out right there. And then you'll be able to see the time expansion course there as well. That might be one of the options you could uh, be able to upgrade to. But uh, you'll be able to get all the Hero Secret sauce. It's there for you. And please review it because here's the thing. I don't want you to just glance over it because that's the thing. Like, you don't understand. Like, if you could just apply, if you just read that, uh, you know, every week, once a week, and you applied that deep, your life will totally change. So I'll uh, check that out. And if you want to keep the conversation going, I put out content every single day on social media. I do lives where you could engage. And uh, just follow me on uh, either Facebook or Instagram uh, at Dr. Zeno. So it's D-R-Z as in zebra, A-I-N as in Nancy O. And uh, every day we'll put out, I mean, it's just great content for you guys. And like you say, it's those little shifts that'll get you exactly where you need to be. And we'll link to all of this in the show notes. But Dr. Zeno, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I realize it's pretty early where you are, but thank you so much for taking the time. I learned a lot, and I, I hope the audience enjoys everything as well. Oh, guys, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it five stars, comment, and have an amazing day. Awesome. To all the superhumans out there listening, have an epic day. To all the epic superhumans out there, thank you so much for listening once again to this episode. Dr. Zeno was, as I said so many times there, full of audio gold. Did you enjoy the episode? Well, if you can do me a favor, go over, rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and it really helps get the word out. Also, you can drop a line to podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. Just let me know what you would do differently, what you would do better. Maybe perhaps just to say hello. I read them all, and for those of you who have used that email address before, you know that I personally respond to it. So thank you once again for tuning in, and have an epic day, superhumans. Superhumans.